here we are. Hi, Carlene. How are you? Hi, Alma. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> After we've been talking for like almost like two hours now and drinking wine. Nice and tipsy. We've uh, almost finished this whole bottle of wine, which is um, par for the course. Nice. All right. One so, down. One down. <laughs> Ding. I don't just, need to make the sound. Let's see. There we go. <laughs> everybody thank you for joining us for this episode of tipsy tales i'm alma rodriguez i'm carlene higgins as i told you before carlene is our new full-time host on tipsy tales so just another welcome to carlene thank you i feel like we should go yay Yay! (laughs) so how's your week uh well i went in for oh my god i gotta tell you I went, in, <laughs> I went in for a colonoscopy. What? And an endoscopy. Oh my gosh. Up and down. Anyway, I uh, I'm probably the only person in the world that likes to drink. I don't like the taste of that drink, but I like the results. Of what drink? The drink that you have to take? The flush. Oh, okay. Oh, my <laughs> Really? Isn't it like magnesium or something? Like, no, I don't know what it is, but it has not gotten better throughout the years. It is disgusting. <laughs> but I will say, I lost like eight pounds. Really? I am full of shit, literally. Oh, my God. No, well, literally. Aren't we all? But, okay, I have to tell you what happened. <laughs> So, my doctor is adorable and put me completely... Usually, they'll put you in a twilight. Right. He put me completely out. So, before this sweet anesthesiologist comes in, very good looking, and he's really funny, and I'm like, hey, he's he's pretty cute. <laughs> so, I'm trying to joke with these nurses. Right. They didn't have... The same sense of humor as me. I can't even tell you. Anyway. Oh, no, 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 no. Tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. We want to know. Let's just say there was a lot of um, gassy humor. Oh. Okay, okay, all right. Never mind. I don't even say Keep gas. it to yourself. I just say farting. Okay, so I, uh, anyway, so I'm telling them how, oh my gosh, this, um, this anesthesiologist is a good looking boy. Just saying. So I go in, they put me under, I wake up, I'm barely awake, and the first thing out of my mouth is, (laughs) that anesthesiologist is so good looking. Is he single? And they're like, no, honey, he's happily married. I wasn't even out of the room. That means he was standing right there. Right. I'm sure he heard oh my gosh everything i told ali i'm like i'm pretty sure i made a complete idiot of myself (laughs) but blame it on the drugs right it's like those videos that you see when people go in and they're like they get like a tooth pulled or whatever and they go under and they're like mama pita (laughs) i love everybody i love the world I love the doctor. I want to marry him. <laughs> uh, I did love the doctor. Oh, my God. Here's another part that was funny. 
right when they get me in. My doctor is Asian. He is the best GI doctor I've ever had in my life. And I've had a lot of doctors, period, but a lot of GI doctors. So I highly recommend him. Uh, Dr. Lee. And Uh so I'm like, wheel me in. And the anesthesiologist and the nurse are doing... Oh, not for you. You get not. (laughs) And I wanted to say, you know, the doctor's standing right there. He was standing right there. And they're saying, no for you. And my doctor is straight. I mean, has still has his accent and everything. And I was just like, do they not realize he's standing right there? No for you. Wow. Not five lies. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. It was funny. It was quite an experience. Well. Everything came out okay. That's good. Yeah. Was that this week? Yeah. Uh, a week ago. Yeah. Can we just talk really quick about Game of Thrones before we jump into everything? Okay. Can we just okay. say. Because the last episode just played on Sunday. <laughs> you and tell me how Friday. you felt. Um, I Wait, let me drink some more. I, me too. Go 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 go. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I felt bereft afterwards. Like just like me and Albert, like it just finished playing, and we just kind of just looked at each other, like okay, I felt very ripped off. And I'm a huge fan of the books. I've read the books. Uh-huh. Um, of course, the books haven't gone as far as the show has gone. <laughs> But yeah, I was like, what was the whole prophecy for? Like the whole. None of it made sense at the end. Connor, my son Connor and his soon to be wife, Leslie, what they were, they kept saying like, they just don't care anymore. And they just were finishing them up. Right. That was very apparent. Extremely apparent. I mean. Six episodes. Starbucks cup. Did you see the water bottle? Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't care anymore. Yeah. And what was the whole point in Jon Snow is supposed to be... The whole prophecy, the whole build-up, and right. then all of a sudden the big reveal at the end of last season was Jon Snow is Aegon Tar- Targaryen. Right. And like he's, he's the rightful king. Right. What happened yeah. to that? Yeah. It made no sense. It was. I complete. felt very empty. I did too. I was very ripped off. We're not <laughs> the only ones that felt... Are did we you the see? only ones? No. Did you, are we? Are we? You guys tell us. Like, you guys hit us up on Facebook or Instagram and let us know what you thought about And Anybody that's following Game of Thrones like we are. We want to know. We want to know. You know, what else? Uh, Connor and Leslie, they're very into all of this, so they tell me what to go and watch. But they, the actors, if there's a reel that shows all of them commenting, like the the media asking them how do you feel about this season how do you feel about the end of the season you can clearly they none of them were happy about it either i think they're kind of like defensive because Mm -hmm. i mean they acted their asses off and they did their best and it was grueling filming the whole season they're kind of defensive about it but at the same time i think they're kind of like yeah they felt ripped off too yeah i think they got gypped i mean even that six episodes to wind up all of that, just the big fight scene with, oh my gosh, the ice. Oh, yeah, when they were going up against... Um, what are they called? 
the Night King. Thank you. That that whole build up, lasting that one scene. Leslie had actually said, "No, I think at the end it's they're going to come back or something." And I'm right. like, "No, that was it." And I was right. That was it. Yeah. But but that whole build up was to make it only six six shows for. The last season, they right. they should have no, done like too much. There's too much that they just squeezed into six episodes. Yeah, they should have done at least ten, right, or more, but at least ten, and then uh, let the it should have made more sense. And honestly, like I was watching all the commentary, like all the way up until five, and I was like, everybody was super pissed off about mm-hmm. um, Daenerys, like her turn and whatever. And I felt like okay. I guess maybe because I read the books, I kind of like understood the turn more. I didn't mind. I didn't mind her turn because I because mm-hmm. I feel like they were there was enough foreshadowing. Yeah, I up did, to that, that was justified and it made sense to me. Right. What happened after that? But didn't it? see when six. Came, so I was like, oh, everybody stop being crybabies. It's right. just like it's. They just wanted her to be the good. Yeah. Like I'm gonna fight. And, right. No. But when six came, I was like. Okay, so there was a petition, an what? actual petition for them to redo this whole season. Oh, Did hey. you hear about that? No, but yeah, that, they got like, I would have been cool with that. I don't know, like thousands of signatures of people that wow. want HBO to redo the season. And I was like, really? That's that, just that's no, a little over the top. People take it. There's actual people that take it so serious that they have to get counseling. <laughs> I'm not joking. They have to get counseling. There's people canceling. HBO oh, because yeah. of it. I mean, people are furious. Yeah, I don't take my TV that serious. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I was a little upset, but you know, I got over it. But I did want to talk about it. <laughs> I since we talked about it before, like I just wanted to like because yeah. you and I haven't got to talk about it yet. We saved no, it. No, we this. haven't. So, anyways, not since I saw it on your count. <laughs> so you have a really cool story for today. But let's talk about what wine we're drinking. Mm. Um. I actually had this bottle on hand, <laughs> the emergency bottle of Barefoot Pinot you know, Grigio. It's super good. It's like Kool-Aid. That's what we're drinking. Yeah. Anyways. We may open a second. We might. We have what we have a backup. One? This one, actually, um, Yvette gave me that. Oh, it's so nice. I don't yeah. know if we that should open her... it. You even brought the the bottle opener, girl. Good. I did. Ready to go. I'm ready to go. You might have to take Uber home. It's a good <laughs> thing you live super close. Yeah. Well, last time, Allie... <laughs> Picked you up. Picked me up. Yeah. So I will definitely be responsibly drinking. So you have a really cool story. I have a story that I found that I want. I'm like super excited to tell everybody. Your sounds very cool too. Yeah. So we'll start with mine because we always do the true crime first. (laughs) Um. Anyways. Me first. Me first. Me first. Me first. (laughs) Um. Because you know why I do it that way because sometimes the true crime gets super serious and it's murder and it deals with like some really serious stuff and then when you get into the paranormal we can kind of joke about it and laugh about it a little bit so we can end on a good note but wait are we not going to end on a good note (laughs) (laughs) i think we'll end on a funny note with mine did you want to bring up any of the stuff that we were talking about well do you want to plug your um facebook page well that would be nice too yeah that's one of the things we were talking about yeah so you guys can find Carleen. I'm gonna let you. You can find you. me on Facebook at Psychic Medium Carleen Higgins. And if you want to get 
in touch with me and you don't have Facebook, you can contact me at Carlene, that's C-A-R-L-E-N-E dot spirit at yahoo.com. Yes. It's amazing, like, the listenership that we've gotten since Carlene started. Like, everybody's super interested. (laughs) Yay! Yeah, and the whole psychic twist here. So, I'm going to switch up. I don't know if any of you guys are paying attention to the fact that we've talked about that we had, uh, we actually have a Patreon page. But I haven't really, like, put a lot of energy into the Patreon page. So we've been talking about the fact that we're going to do San Carlos. So we're super serious about that. We are actually going to do the San Carlos. But we have a bunch of different places that we want to go here in Arizona. Um, There's Tombstone. There's Jerome, which is a mining town that's super haunted. And Do Do you know what I found out? What? The most haunted place on the west side, Saguaro Ranch Park. I would have never guessed. I've been there a hundred times. Me too. Really? Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Mm, I'm we not going to say that. anything. Okay. We'll have to save it. So we are going to actually go like record and probably do like maybe um, live recordings at these locations and but those are you're only going to be able to access those on our patreon page so if you want to support what we're doing please go over to our patreon page and it's um you can find us tipsy tales podcast it's pretty easy on patreon give us some support and we are going to start putting stuff up there for you guys to unlock and actually view so um we'll we'll keep you posted as to what's going on with the patreon page you know, coming up here in the future. We also mentioned in the last episode that we are have gone um, bi-weekly. So every other week, our episodes will be airing. So they're going to start airing Tuesday like they were airing before, um, but it's just going to be every other week. So just wanted to um, remind you guys about that. Be worth the wait. Yes, definitely. Anyways, so my story, I'm super excited to tell you. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of um, Sharon Kinney. She's actually an American serial killer. This looked really, when you told me, I just looked it up real quick just to get an idea. It looked really interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. Like a, a femme fatale from the um, 60s. What is that? Am I ridiculous for not knowing what that is? Do you know? Like a fatal feminine oh, killer. Okay. okay. Yeah. Femfet- what? I, I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Is that yeah. ridiculous that yeah. I don't know what that is? No, it's just, I, I guess because I've... You've been doing this. Yes, I've been doing yeah. this long enough, so yeah, that's funny. No, this is going to be a good one. I'm excited. So, Sharon Elizabeth Kitty, born Sharon Elizabeth Hawes, serial killer, um, the subject of the longest and currently outstanding arrest warrants um, for murder in the history of Kansas... Missouri, and one of the longest outstanding felony warrants in American history. The dogs are barking again. Do you think he got us dessert? Um, I'm, we can only hope. <coughs> okay, go. Because that was the best. That was The best so Chinese food ever. It did taste exceptionally good. It might have helped that we drank this whole bottle of wine. I was going to say, it's like drunk food. Right. You go through Jack in the Box and get their spam tacos, yeah. and they're like, oh, these are the best tacos ever. I think we just inhaled this whole thing right now. I know I did. All right. So um, she was raised by her mother, who was an alcoholic. So that's a little bit of background on her. So she had that traumatic background, which is not always good. But I guess it's nurture or nature. I don't know. We'll we'll get into that. I didn't become a 
mass murder. You did not? <laughs> I did not. There's nobody tied up in your basement? I mean, I did not kill any husbands or boyfriends or neighbors yet. <laughs> yet? Uh-oh. If you're, if you're Carlene's neighbor, I'd, I'd definitely watch out. <laughs> oh, my God. So she meets James Kinney, who's her future husband, um, at a church function when she's 16 years old. So she's pretty young. They automatically have this summer fling. He's going to Brigham Young University, and she doesn't want him to leave. And so she basically makes up this story that she's pregnant. She has abandonment issues. Yes. So, so wait, she, she had an alcoholic mom, but no dad? Well, I mean, really, that's the only thing I kind of picked up. They only up was talk the, about the mom. Yeah, the mom. So she's. I didn't have a dad. Yeah, that's the probably the major problem. She has the she thing has, with men. Has, yeah, she has oh, daddy issues. It's this every time they get our psychoanalysis. Right. You're welcome, everybody. You are or welcome. Our Google PhD. <laughs> um, Was our check in the mail? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, the summer romance gets super serious. Um, James, it's time for him to go back to school. She's like, hello, I'm pregnant, which is not true. But, you know, as is the case with pathological liars, they have no problem making up stories. So they always say they're pregnant. That's how it starts. Right. It's always that's like, why is that the easiest? Because it's the hook. And he was like super uber religious. He's this Mormon kid, you know. Comes from this Mormon background, and she knew that. So right. he basically says, okay, I'll marry you. And they get married in 1956. Wow. Um, Sharon couldn't hide the fact that she wasn't really pregnant, <laughs> you know? So she fakes a miscarriage. I was just going to say, she had to have done something like that. So, and then not long after this, she gets pregnant with her real child. Legit. And in 1957, she has Dana, D-A-N-N-A. I don't know if it's Dana or Dana. And then 1960 rolls around. They now have a son. Marriage is not great. She's, for the lack of a better word, a bit promiscuous. Was that you? I think I just burped in the <laughs> microphone. Oops. <laughs> I don't Your burp. face was like this shock, like, was that me? I don't burp, and so it just startled me. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't hear it, but maybe we might hear it in the playback. It's not a ghost. Yeah, so... She's she's a she loves to spend money. She likes lavish things. She she wants the good life. And James is it's a very middle class background. He doesn't make a lot of money and he starts to realize that she's unsatisfied and he I he decides that he wants to get a divorce. Listen, men. If your woman fakes that she's pregnant, the next thing is She's going to want a lavish lifestyle. Right. <laughs> Get the out. Clues. Red flags. Yeah. Red flags. So he wants out. He wants out. And not only that, but there's these rumors that she's, you know, having a, an affair. I thought it would be the other way around. I thought you were going to say he was no. having an affair. He's actually super religious and like right. he's very like marriage, honor, take care of your children, according to the story. Right. He asked for a divorce. She's like, okay, I want custody of my daughter. I want the house. I want $1,000. She didn't want her other one? No. (laughs) Exactly. And he's like, he talks to his parents and he's like, all right, I'm going to try and work this out. We're going to work this, work through this. Let's work. Let's try and save our marriage. And 
I think at this point, she's pretty much made up her mind that she doesn't want to be married to him anymore. So one day, uh, poor James, he takes a nap. He's not going to wake up, is he? He doesn't wake up. <gasps> he gets shot in the head. And she calls police and basically gives a story that Dana did it. She blamed her the daughter? Who's two and a half years what? old. Yes. That's insane to me. Yes. So, like... And they bought it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, I think they were kind of dubious. They're like, okay. so But they put the daughter through this test. The daughter, apparently, and according to witnesses, he's let her play with his guns. She what? knows. She the knows good how Christian to... man? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he's let her play with his guns. She's she's pulled triggers that are, were more than... The, it was a 22 t- Was she caliber. cleaning it? The so he was cleaning it before he <laughs> fell asleep. Yes. Oh, so holy. very convenient. Okay. So... I mean, as things turn out, it wasn't Dana. So, like, what kind of mother, like, sits her daughter in a pool of her husband's blood (gasps) and blames their daughter? Oh, my. Yeah. She is the devil. Yes. So, there's that. (laughs) Oh, my. I'm going to have to cleanse myself really good when I get home. After both of our stories. (laughs) Both of our stories. Do not There's go anywhere, where I everybody. definitely sage this office yeah. afterwards. This is gripping. This is one that people want to. Well, and this is the to. way I like to tell my stories because I've mm-hmm. been researching this one. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, eh. I love, I love it. So, like I said, he tells the she tells the police that it's Dana who happens to be two, saying that he had left out his 22 semi-automatic pistol after cleaning it, and she claims to have heard her daughter say, "Daddy, show me this," and then she hears a shot. She's two, and she can say, Daddy, show me this. Yeah, well, That's insane. Asleep. Okay, yeah. whatever. Multiple people, including family and neighbors, told police that James had often allowed Dana to play, play with guns. And in, uh, in a test by investigating officers, Dana proved able to pull the trigger on a gun matching the one that had killed her father. So everything in their eyes matches up. Okay. So they rule the death an accident. And what Sharon, state is this in? Huh? Where is this? Uh, it's in Missouri. Yeah, I won't be Missouri. going there. So he, the, the police rule it an accident, and guess what? She gets her husband's life insurance valued valued at twenty nine thousand dollars, which oh. today would be about two hundred thirty thousand. Nice. Interestingly, the pistol that killed James was taken into police custody and never returned to Sharon, despite her efforts to reclaim it. She later had a male friend secretly buy her a twenty two caliber, which apparently she's like partial to these twenty two caliber. Because they're small, light, yeah. and they don't have a lot of kickback. No, I don't know anything about guns. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so when the friend told Sharon that she had that he had registered the gun that he that he bought in her name, she requested that he re-register it under a different name than hers, which is that's not fishy at all. Yeah, very fishy. Like, is she already planning to kill somebody else? Like, I don't know. she's got a taste for blood, apparently. Just right off. Yeah. I wish we had somebody that knew something about guns, though, because I sure would like to know. We pull Albert. Does Albert know? Well, he knows. Yeah, he's got a few guns in there. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming a twenty two is probably a lighter, you know. Let's pull him in here. Let's do it. Hold on. <laughs> You're going to become a part of this. Yeah, so we're talking about Sharon Kinney, who's a femme, femme fatale who committed several murders in the 1960s. And it seems that she's partial to um, 22 caliber 
uh, handguns. So we were just talking back and forth, like why she preferred that handgun. I just pulled Albert, my husband, in here because he's he's going to be our gun expert. <laughs> oh, by the way, she owes you a little haha tonight for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, we were just wondering, like, is it is a twenty two caliber gun like it had? Does it have less kickback? Like, what what is would be why why would Sharon prefer this gun? Is it like a lighter gun, like compared to? Well, I guess part of it just depends on the uh, the manufacturer of the weapon, but likely it's because of the fact that it does have less of a kickback and also the smaller caliber weapon and up and close cause more damage at times simply because kind of like a little missile. If it hits any bone, it'll actually bounce around within the per- person's body. When it- okay, I didn't know you were going to go with that in depth. That's but super yeah, good. Yeah, okay. That's exactly why she probably enjoyed that Um <laughs> Well, and because she's small, she's a woman. Yeah. She probably- I mean, I have a little twenty-two. That's like I had a little three eighty. It hits me in the head when the, <laughs> <laughs> when the bullets come out. You the kickback and the backfire, like the bullets, yeah. right. hit you in the head. I make sure I'm like, what am I gonna tell the bad guy? Hold on, I gotta put on my sunglasses so it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, just make sure you're not wearing an open shirt because then they'll fall right in between your breasts. <laughs> Okay, burn. he said, well, because this is what happened to me. That's why he's bringing that up. Because, Did you burn yourself? Well, yeah. <laughs> we went to ladies night at Shooter's World. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a different awesome. story for another night. No, I love you, babe. <laughs> I love you, babe. I love you, too. I'll let you guys continue. Have fun. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for food. All right, so there was that. Albert. Hopefully that all came up. <laughs> Hopefully that all recorded. <laughs> it, it, I could hear him, so it sounded good. Okay, so and the part where you say you owe him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let's have a little bit more. Bottle number two, please. Okay. Oh. <gasps> We're okay, having a we good time. Okay, we are getting wild here. It's getting wild and crazy up in the Rodriguez house. So. The great person that she is, not even a month later, she decides to go spend a little bit of this money and buy herself a Ford Thunderbird. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, she but, really thinks she struck it rich. Yes. I mean, even back then, that's that's a good amount of money, but she didn't strike it rich. Right. But she obviously likes the nice cars. Cause, yeah, but I don't think she had any concept of money either. Yeah. She probably didn't. No, because he probably did everything. Right. He probably did. Um, so she ends up hooking up with the guy who sells her the Ford Thunderbird. His name is Walter Jones. Walter is also married. So they start their affair, despite the fact that she's freshly widowed, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. She pulls the whole I'm pregnant thing on Walter. Oh. But this time she's actually pregnant. Oh. She insists that, um, he leaves his wife. And he's like, hell no, I'm not blowing up my marriage over you. Wow. And he pretty much just says, see ya. Um, She's not having that. Uh, He doesn't know who he's dealing with, clearly. Yeah. I guess he's lucky he walked away alive. um, Because... He survives? He he survives. But she calls his wife Patricia and says, basically... um, Calls her up on the phone says... Your husband is having an affair with my sister. Let's meet up somewhere and let's talk about this. Oh, no. The wife doesn't make it, does she? 
doesn't. Sorry. She's victim number two. She is. So she's not partial just killing men. No, I think she she gets a taste for blood and she likes it. So, so Patricia goes along, gets dropped off by a friend, is seen getting into Sharon's Thunderbird, and that is the last time Patricia is seen alive. Walter pretty much suspects Sharon right from the start. He confronts her. Um, he admittedly assaults her and threatens her, Ooh. trying to figure out what happened to his wife, because he's like, he's, oh, so I right know now. you did it. Oh, he does know. He's, in his mind, he's like, I know you had something to do with my wife's disappearance, but he doesn't know that she's dead really gutsy of him yeah he doesn't know that she's already killed a man yeah but sharon ever the skilled liar holds to her story that she doesn't know what happened to patricia she even organizes a search party for her wow she's a sneaky one she's a sociopath clearly (laughs) big time after said search party she meets up with another old boyfriend from high school john boldies he's poor he kind of keep actually he's the one that She's rumored to have been having an affair with him on her husband. That's the... When she was married to the guy that she murdered, she was rumored to have an affair with this guy. This guy, John Baldis. Okay, all right. They go to a popular makeout spot, Lover's Lane, Hmm. whatever. She probably guided him to that spot and said, hey, let's, let's go right here, our old spot. And then as they're there doing their thing, whatever they're doing... She points out something that's highlighted by the headlights of his vehicle and says, oh, look at that. What is that? So he gets out and he goes, he, he searches Don't even and tell he me. finds Patricia, her body. She's <gasps> been shot, shot four times. What? Yes. And dumped on the side of the road. She's crazy. Super crazy. Um, so she basically tells him, all right, take me home. Don't tell anybody that I was with you when you found Patricia. Because he was like, I want to go to the police. Let's yeah. go to the police right now. Like that's a natural, Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a natural reaction. She's like, no, no, no. Take me home first. And don't tell anybody you were with me. She planned that shit out. Yeah. He goes to the police and he basically says, Patricia was with me. Oh, yeah. Nice. And they arrest her. And they end up charging her not only for Patricia's murder, but for James' murder. Because now that's two people that have suspiciously, di- suspiciously died. Oh, so now they're saying, oh, never mind. Maybe it wasn't your kid. It was you. Yes. After all. Yes. And I think they kind of were like, this doesn't make sense, but, you know, we don't have any evidence against it. Right. Your story kind of holds up because your daughter knows how to. Your two-year-old knows how to handle a gun. Yeah, which is really (laughs) weird. Really fucking weird. So the investigators immediately begin to question Sharon and Boldies and Walter. All three were questioned on May 28th. Walter and Boldies. Both gave written statements admitting that they had dated Sharon and both agreed to lie detector tests. Sharon gave an oral statement to police but declined to sign a written one or take the lie detector test. She was questioned again on the morning of May 30th and Boldies on May 31st. The scheduled polygraphs for the two men were performed on June 1st and both men were deemed to have been truthful in their statements. Sharon's brother Eugene was also questioned on May 31st, but declined to answer questions. The trial for Patricia Jones' murder was postponed until the birth of Sharon's third child, which was from Patricia Jones' husband. Oh my God. She was acquitted of Patricia's murder, but she was convicted of James' murder in 1962. She was so backwards. Yes. And more on Patricia's murder later. Oh, okay, good. She was sentenced to life in prison. 
Um, on the trial for Patricia Jones murder, the prosecution was unable to firmly establish that Sharon owned or had once had a weapon that killed Patricia, though both Sharon's known pistol and the one that fired the bullets that Patri- killed Patricia were 22 caliber weapons. Ray Thrush, the man who said the pistol sold the pistol to Sharon's co-worker, had led police to a tree that contained what he claimed to be bullets he had fired from that pistol. However, when the bullets were extracted from the tree trunk, tests showed that the extracted bullets were not identifiable as having come from the weapon that killed Patricia. The prosecution rested its case on June 21st after calling 27 witnesses. This is for the case about Patricia. Patricia. But I wonder when they... When did forensics get even good enough to where they can match a bullet because that's not even that hard that's just looking for the same pattern the groove marks all that yeah Yeah. so like what year was this this was in the 60s yeah this was like was that not even 1962 oh maybe it was still too early to do that uh, well actually 1960 so 1960 so like within the same time frame she like within months husband and then she kills patricia okay so that's crazy that but they the trial together, but. the trials went on to 1962 the prosecution rested its case in june on june 21st after calling 27 witnesses sharon's defense which took less than two days and involved 14 witnesses other than sharon who did not testify focused on breaking down the state's claim of motive and means arguing that sharon had no reason to kill patricia wait a minute no reason to kill Patricia. She was um, pregnant with Patricia's husband's husband. child. She wanted her husband. What do you mean? Well, did, did nobody tell them that part? It was part of everything. So and that the pistol she was alleged to have owned had not been proven to be the murder weapon. So in 1963, her conviction was overturned on a technicality. Her second trial was held on March 1964, but was deemed a mistrial. <laughs> Because it was discovered that a juror had once retained a law partner of the prosecutor. Crazy. Her third trial. So number three. This is the luckiest woman alive. Right? Her third trial also resulted in a mistrial when the jury was split seven to five in favor of acquittal. If she was a man. Huh? If she was a man, none of that would have been happening. No, I, I guarantee it. No. But also, she was very like skilled at convincing people. She was one of those oh, people. Oh, good con that, artist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know someone like that. Very, very, uh, very manipulative. Yeah. So while she's waiting for the scheduled fourth trial, set for October 1964, Sharon is out free on twenty five thousand dollars bond and decides it's a perfect time to take a vacation to Mexico with a new lover, Samuel Puglias. Leaving her children with James' father. Wow. She has nerve. She travels under the name of Jeanette Puglias. And later, they tell people that they're, they've gone to Mexico to get married. Um, under the legal term of her bail, Kinney was permitted to leave the country, but her contract with the company that posted her bond prohibited her from leaving Missouri without written permission from the company's agents. So I don't know how that worked. They need to make... Th- did they make a movie about this? They need to. No, I know. There is no movie. I am shocked. I looked. I'm shocked. I'm surprised they have, somebody hasn't skipped this up This is just crazy. Yeah. 
So they register at the Hotel Gin as husband and wife in Mexico. Sharon saying that she felt unsafe in the foreign country bought a pistol, which meant that the couple now possessed multiple guns, having bought one for or two with them from the U.S. On the night of September 18th, 1964, the couple get into a fight and she decides to go to a bar where she meets a man named Francisco Paredes Paredes Ordonez. And they end up going back to his hotel room. You know, back then, not only could you smoke on a plane, but you could also bring your weapons on a plane. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. You think about that now in terms of today, and you, you can't yeah. even get past. Some people can get past. Well, some people can, but yeah. <laughs> but no. For the most part, you can't. For the most part, you shouldn't be able to get past. You'd hope. <laughs> so now she goes back to the hotel with this guy, this Latin guy. Mm-hmm. According to Sharon's account, she went with Ordonez to see photographs he offered to show her, but he soon began to make sexual advances. Oh. Hello, you went back to a guy's hotel room. What did you, what do you expect? freaking expect? Okay. Which, is, even if what she said is even true, she probably <laughs> just was like drunk and trying to get back at the following her pattern. Right. She was probably going to go get her some. <laughs> He soon making, starts making sexual advances toward her, and she's forced to fire her gun of at him course. in an attempt to protect herself. This is her version of events. Because she's a little helpless woman. Oh, yes. Of course she, she is. Sharon maintained later that she had no intention of harming or killing Ordonez and had intended only to frighten him, but her bullet struck him in the chest and killed him. Accidentally? Oops. She accidentally pulled out her gun? I didn't know could do that. <laughs> Oh, my God. Responding to the sound of gunfire, hotel employee Enrique Martinez, poor guy, Rueda, enters the room. Sharon fires at him. Of course. She hits him in the shoulder, wounds him. Oops. Uh, He flees the room and he locks Sharon inside and calls the police. Oh, he's smart. Yes, he is. Good for him. So she reportedly told a representative of the U.S. Embassy that she had shot men before and managed to get out of it. She is dubbed La Pistolera by the Mexican newspapers. La Pista. Like basic, basically gunslinger, but okay. like in the female version. Okay. Interestingly, the gun she uses to kill Francisco is the same gun she used to kill Patricia. The oh. gun they could not find. Oh. But because of double jeopardy laws, Sharon had already been acquitted of that crime. So she could not be charged again for it based on the new evidence. I think they need to amend... I've been thinking about this because there was some uh, something else I was watching. And I'm like, they need to amend this whole double jeopardy rule. Right. I mean, if you get new evidence. It needs to be able to come up. Yeah. There needs to be some stipulations to that rule. You would think. Whatever. Sharon was wrong. tried and sentenced to 10 years in prison. She appealed the sentence and the Mexican court found that she had <laughs> not been punished severely enough. The appeals court added an additional three years to her sentence. Nice. Is this, wait, you said Mexican court? Yes, because she's there in Mexico. Go Mexico. All this hap- so on December 7th, 1969, this is like a, almost like eight years later after she's killed her husband, killed Patricia and all these other gruesome murders. Sharon Kinney was not present for a routine 5 p.m. roll call at the uh, Ixtapalapan. <laughs> I know I said that wrong. <laughs> 
uh, prison where she was serving her sentence, but her absence was not officially noted until she failed to show up at a second roll call later that evening. Apparently, things are a little lax in Mer- Mexican prisons. Wow. You know, they're like, oh, maybe she was taking a siesta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's pooping in a hole. Yeah, something. Don't interrupt her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's full of shit, too. <laughs> uh, the news. I'm gonna have my mouth full of wine. <laughs> the news of her escape was not reported to Mexico City Police until 2 a.m. the following morning. A manhunt was then arranged, initially focusing on northern Mexican states. News reports of the crime reported numerous theories about Kenny's escape, including that she had bribed prison guards as one of them, that she may have enlisted the help of a supposed boyfriend who was a Mexico City policeman, that Kenny's mother had been involved in the escape plan. This is like all these different theories. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that a former Mexican Secret Service agent had assisted in her escape. Okay, well, I could see her flirting and like getting somebody to think that she's in love with them and maybe getting her, that, getting her out that yeah. way. I could yeah. see that with her. Or that she may have disguised herself as a man to help her escape. And a more modern theory speculates that the family of Francisco Paredes Ordonez, um, I'm not going to say that six times fast, had helped her escape and then killed her. Because she has not been found? No. So more than 40 years after her escape, Kenny remains at large and her whereabouts and ultimate fate is unknown. So a little bit of psychology and motivation. I just wanted to read in a segment of the investigation discovery series, Deadly Women, covering the Kinney case episode entitled Born Bad. Um, this one was talking about the whole nature versus nurture. Yeah. James Hayes, author of I'm Just an Ordinary Girl, the Sharon Kinney story, speculates that Kinney committed her first murder for pecuniary gain. Hoping to cash in on James Kinney's life insurance policy and that she began to derive pleasure from killing at that point. Former FBI profiler Candace, I'm sorry if you guys hear me burping right now. I just, I'm afraid you're going to think it's a ghost. Yeah, it's not a ghost. (laughs) Um, Former FBI profiler Candace DeLong supports this assertion with her theory that Kinney is a sociopath lacking in remorse and empathy and therefore had no compunction compunction about killing to get what she wanted be it life insurance marriage to her boyfriend or cash this idea is echoed by some of those involved in prosecuting kinney who feel that she is a psychopath and born bad and that her solution to problem to a problem was to kill somebody Problem. Yeah. And that Kenny had a certain appeal describing her as rather attractive and admitting that she had grew to like her. They grew to like her. Um, the mammoth book of true crime describes her as a relative rarity, a pretty criminal. Does it say what happened to her kids? No, I didn't. She, see that in it sounds that like I she read. didn't even care. Yeah. Like they, eh. they kind of just ended up like with family members, which <laughs> they were probably better, better off. off. Yeah. Ow. That was good. That needs to be a movie. Who do we need to contact? Hollywood. Who who could be her? A blonde. It sounds like she had blonde hair. She didn't. She was actually a brunette. What? Yes. All right. I don't know. I looked at her picture. She she wasn't that pretty to me. You know who would play her really good? It's, It's an actress that plays a lot of kind of crazy people. I don't know her name. She kind of has... 
bigger lips. What movie did she come out in? Oh, shit. I don't know. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. It's going to drive me crazy. Whatever. Go. No, that was the end of my story. <sighs> that, that was good. You like that? Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Totally needs to be a movie. Yes, definitely. Ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm totally ready. All right. What you got? I'm doing the Queen Mary. Got to yeah. keep it in California. All right. Except we're going to go north more than San Diego. Okay. Long Beach. <laughs> so I was thinking about this on the way over here. Have you ever gone on a cruise? No, I've never gone. Never. Okay, you guys, you and Albert at least need to go on a cruise. Go on um, just a little like three or four day. Me and my sister, my mom, my sisters and my mom go. Now, my sister... I think my kids are going. I'm not going this time. But uh, we do carnival because it's fun. Right. And we did princess one time, and that's the only time we'll do it because it's a snooze cruise. Really? Such a snooze. <laughs> I said it's the Depends cruise. Okay. Depends if you're going to so carnival. Up at four so if we're going to go on a cruise, it's going to be carnival, right? Got to do carnival because they like have music going right when you get on. They, their goal is to get you wasted though, right. right when you get on. Well, I heard that you know you. That's my goal. You really spend the money on the alcohol. That's the thing that you spend the money on. You do, but the the thing is, you go for maybe spend three or four hundred dollars for a four day cruise, and all your food you can eat day and night everything's paid for so the only thing you have to cover is alcohol right and gratuity and that's it so for four a hundred dollars a day right you no know? that's yeah. i mean and that when i took my kids when they were smaller i went with them recently too and it was really fun because <laughs> now they they can drink and the, it was fun having they were crazy right but i mean when they were kids little 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 we went and it was Cheaper than going to Disneyland. Cheaper than even just doing a turnaround trip to the beach. And we had so much fun. And everything's paid for. I mean, they could have ice cream at 2 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They can have pizza all day long. We get gourmet meals in the dining room. And, um, God, I should get money from Carnival for right, plugging them It's right like now. a Carnival commercial right now, right? Yeah. And then they have, like, a kid's center so like the parents could go have fun and they'll call if there's any issue and then the kids can go have fun with the carnival people it's really cool oh. it's a good trip yeah, but we've like, talked about it but yeah we totally do definitely it. want to do it it's so worth it <laughs> i think we took one recently like it was i don't know i want to say two or three hundred dollars for three day or the four. i don't know it's cheap considering your room and board all your food is paid for. I just hear all those nightmare scenarios, like people getting um, like food poisoning and stuff like that. Well, we right when we get there, my sister and I are a little freakish, and we take our Clorox wipes and we wipe down the whole cabin right. with our Clorox wipes. It's not food but, food poisoning. It's something no. else. It's, like, it's usually from just being enclosed in the uh-huh. cabin and people germies. Right. Yeah. I'll believe you. Anyway, <laughs> I'll go back to the Queen Mary. Okay. Was Queen one Mary. of like, there was the Titanic, and I guess the Queen Mary's like the Titanic. I'm, the Queen Mary's two times bigger than the Titanic. Or oh, really? Be bigger. I have some facts in here somewhere. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. It was bigger. And it was like 
the upgrade from the Titanic. So a new luxury ship with like, oh, I had all that. Here, let me just read what I got. The Queen Mary was completed in 1930s. It had, oh yeah, I did have that. It's so funny. <laughs> have another bottle of wine, Carlene. It had uh, its first voyage from Southampton, England. I did not know this. I didn't even know it had anything to do with England. Really? Did you? No. I didn't. On May 27th, 1936, the ship was the newest kind of its day. Oh, in the way of luxury ships containing... Okay, this is kind of cool. If you know cruise ships, this is kind of big because like now cruise ships have like five dining rooms. It has like a bunch of theaters where they do shows and it has cocktail lounges. So this is kind of a... This is big for 1930s. Right. Okay, so here we go. It had two cocktail bars, two swimming pools, which to me I was surprised to see that, uh, five dining areas and lounges, a grand ballroom, and, oh, and more. Which, when I was watching videos, it is so gorgeous. I want to go, we should see something else we need to do. We need to go stay on it. Um, But the, some of the, Fixtures are all original on it, and so it's it's just really beautiful. Cool. Boat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> boat. Uh, Ship. Boat. Uh, okay. However, all of that beauty and luxury would soon vanish during the... Dub- oh, okay. So the World War II, when the ship was repurposed. So they repurposed it in World War II as a transportation ves- vessel... For troops and prisoners of war. Uh, It was, they repainted. So right now it's like black, red, and white. Right. Back then, it had its original colors. Then they repainted it to be gray because that's what all the ships. All the warships. Yeah. Yeah. So all the military ships are gray. So they used it. That's a lot of paint. As a lot. I'm telling you, the ship is, have you seen it? Have you yeah, ever gone I've and seen, seen yeah, it? Yeah, I've seen pictures of it before. Oh my gosh, it is a big, a really big ship. Boat. Boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after they painted it gray, they named it the Gray Ghost, which is ironic. Yeah, interesting. Because, yeah, especially after the creepy crap I'm going to tell you. The ship is known for carrying, okay, get this, 800,000 military troops and i'm not kidding they have one picture on that ship on that ship oh wow so they have one picture where it's just people like troops all over it that's and a lot of people i'm not kidding i kind of wonder if they had eight hundred thousand right then and there because it, so is that in total or that's, that's like in all total ones? okay eight hundred thousand servicemen throughout the war yeah okay in 1947, the ship returned to its original Queen Mary status. In 1965, it was sold to the city of Long Beach, California, where it is now permanently docked. Now, we get to the good stuff. <laughs> should just whisper the whole time. <laughs> People will think it's ghosts. They'll think it's an ASMR or whatever those are. AR, you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, EVP. No, you, Allie, my daughter listens to those where the, oh, okay. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the meditation. <Now> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Okay, so there are quite a few documented deaths. Oh my gosh. Okay, so they have a plaque. I'm probably skipping ahead, but I'm really excited. So there's a plaque on the wall, and it's got like, I don't know, 100 names or more of all the deaths not all the deaths, but some of the deaths that have happened on the ship. So like the people's names. Right. But there, there's not enough room to put all of their names. Oh, there's so many. Get another plaque. Come on. A few more plaques. It's <laughs> crazy. In 19, okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of deaths because they're significant to this haunted story. Okay. In 1936, Sir Edgar... Britain, a first captain of the ship, died of a stroke in his cabin. In 1949, senior second officer William Stark accidentally drank. Okay, I don't know how this happened. He drank laundry detergent stored in a gin bottle, thereby poisoning himself to death. It also may have been acid. It could have been acid or the story goes that it was laundry detergent or acid. I wonder what laundry detergent was back then, then in them days, because if I even tasted a little bit of Wouldn't laundry you detergent, know it's not that was, I would have been like, no. Or gin. Or yeah. Whatever I mean, does gin taste like laundry detergent? why are you detergent? putting gin in your... Or maybe he'd already had a few things of gin right. and then had but, the laundry detergent and thought it was a different kind of alcohol. I don't Who know knows? why you're putting laundry detergent in your gin bottle. Yeah, it's a little weird. The whole thing. <laughs> and is what weird. the hell was in laundry detergent that would kill you back then? Well, arsenic. It can, it can lie. still kill you. Oh, you lie. have to drink a lot Probably, of it, I guess. Yeah. But okay, I think it was acid. Ugh. How hey. were they washing? <laughs> <laughs> well, everything was more gross back then. Yeah. More toxic. Uh. <laughs> all right. Listen, the most tra- tragic death of all came. Oh, okay. Uh, October 2nd, 1942, while the ship was being used to transport the military, the Queen Mary was being escorted from New York to Glasgow by uh, a much smaller vessel called the HMS Curacao. It was traveling. Okay, so back then, this little ship to... Have you ever seen a little ship tug? Yeah. A big boat. Okay, well, it was it was not tugging it, but it was like guiding it. And so it was zigzagging back and forth to kind of trick. Um, uh, let me read this. It's like tricking the it was potential U-boats and German bombers. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like so they couldn't capture its signal. Right. So the bad thing was is the big... Queen Mary was much faster than that little boat. The little boat. And so um, it, she kind of just rammed into the, the zigzagging, the HMS. Is that what I called it? HMS? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Oops. Yeah. It says it was traveling at 28.5 knots. Um, so it was going much faster. And it, anyway, it split it in half. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it cut it in half. And then some of the members of that ship of that it was a ship it looked like a boat up next to the giant queen mary but um some of those members died on impact some were like sucked under and then um cut up by the propellers oh wow and the water was so cold so some died immediately of hypothermia 
And then the Queen Mary, but back then the protocol for the captain was you had to keep going and the military uh, ships had to keep going. He couldn't even stop to like help the survivors. Right. So they had to, whatever survivors were left, had to stay in that cold water waiting two hours for, I want to say it was like, let me see. Anyway, waiting for help to arrive. Once help got there, some had died of hypothermia. And then by the end, I think it was like 400, altogether it was like 400 men on that ship. 99 survived. That's a lot that died. I don't know, it's sad. Only a quarter? That is, that is, ugh. Oh, it's so graphic. And they couldn't even go back for their bodies? Well, I miss, oh, it was the, um, the British destroyers that went and got... The survivors. Survivors. I'm assuming they probably... I I don't think they fished out everybody. No. Ugh. Sad. So are these British soldiers or are these American soldiers? These are British. They're American. I'm assuming they're... Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah, because now it's American. Right. Because it's Queen Mary. It was sold to Long Beach and now we're using it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of that. (sighs) That was a good question. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I already told you. Oh, there were 430 crew members. 99 survived. Okay, so here's the creepy part. It is said that you can hear the screams of those who died that day in the boiler room and at the bow of the ship. Like some paranormal investigators, I guess, say like the most active part of the ship is at the bow because they say that's where the impact was. So. I'm not sure if I believe that. I'm not sure if any of those souls would actually linger around after that. Right. Usually, uh, I don't know. What? People people just make stuff up when they can't explain it. Right. Like, it would be usually, you know, like my story about the Del Coronado, like she was upset. She's waiting for somebody. So, of course, she's, she committed suicide or whatever happened and then she she's still lingering there waiting so she's haunting the hotel because she's unsettled right i don't know that somebody that just got cut in half that they didn't just immediately go to the light yeah i don't know why they would hang around hang out yeah i don't know that's just me i guess i'd have to (laughs) be there to feel it out right there's some more tragic deaths that probably would explain the scary stuff that happens there again though remember we were talking about the water and how it's the activity that happens i'm just saying i think there's something to that because this is a very active ship and it's on the water i think there's something to it interesting i said conduit 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 yeah is that what i say yeah (laughs) i thought you said come do it come do it come do it (laughs) (laughs) you're starting to sound like my dad you're not making sense, Carlene. <laughs> Lay off the wine. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it too, Carlene. <laughs> you can do it. That's hysterical. All right. Anyway, other deaths uh, include two. Oh, okay. These get creepier. Two women that drowned um, in the first class swimming pool. Some say you can see, they can see an apparition. Uh, a pair of the women in 1930s clothing, the other in 1960s type gar- garments or whatever clothing. 
There's also reports of a boy who fell overboard near the pool who haunts the passageway. Also, a little girl named Jackie is reported to haunt the pool area. Apparently, during World War II, one of the ships... Oh, this is creepy, too. One of, Okay. The ship's chefs was killed by Australian sh- soldiers. How would you like to die this way? They shoved him in one of the ovens. <gasps> yeah, he got cooked. What? See, that's the kind of spirit oh, that would be my- like... I'm. Fucking okay. staying so, here, assholes. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. haunt the shit out of you. Yeah. 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 I see him sticking around. Ugh. <laughs> and then there was um see I got confused with this one. I think there were two people that got smashed in the so you know have you been on any kind of ship? No. Okay, there's these really heavy doors that go in between. Like they're if they're in an engine room, there are these doors. And I think they get they seal off right during like if water was to get oh. in well i've watched titanic so i can... oh there you go yeah yeah, yeah. okay so, so that uh, that's what i'm imagining okay. what you're saying picture that okay so like these really heavy metal doors this one there's one story of in 1966 an 18 year old uh, crew member was crushed by the automatic door so like when the water started coming in the door shows automatically. automatically okay and it was door number 13 oddly enough oh, the wow. number 13 oh they were doing a watertight drill that's what the oh. so they were doing a drill and it shut on them but then there's another story that a firefighter was going through that door or something and the door had shut on him and kind of the same spill, I guess. So I'm not sure if it's two different people or if it's just one guy, but there people will see an apparition of a guy in overalls or um, when I was watching YouTube stuff right they had a recorder down down in that area and you could hear somebody talking to them and telling them like um i i can't remember what i heard um anyway just conversing with them right yeah it was kind of interesting i remember like a while back i used to watch uh ghost hunters yeah and i think they actually got like um what do you call it when it's the camera that can pick up the heat all right i can't remember the name of it right now because alcohol but <laughs> i'm trying to remember too infrared. They had the night vision infrared. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah infrared, infrared. so they had an infrared camera and it actually picked up something mm-hmm. and i think it was that door number 13 yeah. area yeah 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 that's definitely active and then they had um oh the most haunted room oh Okay, this is, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to break away from my, (laughs) (laughs) the most haunted room of all in the, uh, on the ship is B340. They kind of say all of the B level is the most haunted, but listen, I'm just going to say the whole damn ship is haunted like crazy. Because after I watched some of the stuff that YouTube people were putting out, and I'm pretty good about debunking or knowing when people are just full of crap, stuff got crazy it got like i wanted to be able to message some of these guys and tell them you need to call me because we need to get that ick off of you right like it's like walking away with it like taking something home with them yeah like these guys well they were really scared and not even taking something home but just being afraid like these one guys did a youtube you know they had they're in the room stupidly calling literally calling darkness 
Like they, okay, so in B340, in B340, they have, when you rent the room, it's like $800. A regular room is like $200, maybe less. But B340, they charge you a little over $800 for that room. Holy shit, really? They closed it for a while. And now, I don't know if they have it open now, but they opened it for a certain amount of time. And so you go in the room and on, like when you first walk in the room, there's like a pillar and on the pillar on the walls it are writings of experiences people have had. Like I, I walked by the room and saw a lady who uh, looked at me for a minute and then when, then she slowly disappeared or whatever. But anyway, there's those kinds of things are written on the wall. And then in the bathroom, they have written on the wall Bloody Mary instructions. Uh, well, how to make a Bloody that? Mary, but how to bring her to right. life. And then... <laughs> Darn <yeah>. it. <laughs> hey, I'd rather I, just have a Bloody Mary. Yeah. Listen, I have gone into houses where people have experienced weird stuff, and I will go into a, a bathroom or something, and I'll be like... Do you have teenage children? Do you have, like, maybe the people before you had, you legit will open up a portal when you do that kind of stuff. It's kind of like playing around. It's kind of like a Ouija board, right? Because you're like. Right. I mean, we did that as kids. We used to, everybody, I think, has had some kind of done something crazy. Right. Speaking of a Ouija board, then you go in and there's a bed area and then a little sitting. These rooms are big and they have a chest in this little couch area. And in the chest is a Ouija board. Uh. It makes me, I get really, I got pissed watching this because it's just, you're setting people up. You think it's entertainment. It's really serious stuff. So they have this chest with the Ouija board, a crystal ball. Um, a black crystal, crystal, I don't know, probably terminal, I don't know what it was. I'm not even going to guess. And then they have some candles, you know, the, the fake candles that look real. Right. So you can do like a seance or whatever. And they have tarot cards. And so, of course, these kids that go in there, they're YouTubing. And even adults that I watched on YouTube were going in. And the first thing they do is set up the... Ouija board. Right. And listen, do not do a Ouija board. <laughs> listen to what your mom and your grandparents would say. This is Colleen's PSA. No Ouija boards. <laughs> no Ouija boards. And tarot cards, no. Don't do those either. I don't know why. I just, I think it's no different than going to somebody that does what I do. That if you're going to use tarot cards you have to use them with protection not a condom (laughs) but when I do what I do I know I am fully guarded and protected I know that nothing bad can come through I know that who's what I I just know that it's all good right when you use a Ouija board or any other form of communication you are listen but Negative attention wants attention too, and you won't know the difference. Right. So even when I tell people, like when they're taking pictures or video, you have no idea. They all look the same. You don't know if that's good or bad. So um, just don't do it. Right. Just wait until there's like a beautiful moment and you're having a party and you ha- and you happen to catch. It's random. You're not saying, hey, somebody show up for my camera. Right. Somebody show up on my recording. It's just random. But right. You're- 
You're not requesting. No, because if you call Uncle Joe to come, you don't know that that's Uncle Joe. Right. So I do because I'm amazing and I know everything. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, that's what these people, these kids and YouTubers are going in. But these kids in particular, I watch them. They get the Ouija board out and they're trying to communicate and nothing's coming through so they're like we're gonna wait for dead hour 3 a.m let me tell you about 3 a.m yeah i was just gonna say can you can you elaborate on 3 a.m yes so this one kid is explaining 3 a.m and i'm like screaming at the tv because he's like 3 a.m is known as the devil's hour the witching hour yeah right really that's a time when when we're when it's the quietest and we especially when you're sleeping you might get sleep paralysis where you can't move and um, it's scary because you don't know what's happening and some people will be like but I saw this and it was holding me down but in reality it could have just been it's like I describe it as like having surgery and being under anesthesia and waking up the surgeons aren't hurting you they're trying to help you but if you wake up during surgery you think you're being hurt right so it's kind of like that the angels are working on you you're supposed to be asleep but you woke up in the middle of surgery and so of course it's scary too because you you're not used to you never knew that that's what they were doing and so you don't know what's happening when you wake up interesting yeah so during and not everybody has sleep paralysis but it's their way of kind of preparing you for i still get scared when it happens to me right because you're not in control. I'd like to do like an episode on sleep paralysis, mm. like in the future, yeah. because I've had it before. It's pretty, it's pretty scary. It is scary. I mean, I've done right to Jesus, Jesus, help me. Yes. <laughs> like I'm asking him to help me because I just, you just don't, it is scary. You're waking right. up during anesthesia. And then, um, but it is actually a time. And I always tell people like between two in the morning and about four or five in the morning, like when you're in your deepest sleep, most people, not me, I don't sleep, but you hear your deepest sleep. That's when that angelic realm can work on you. So it's 3 a.m. is not just, listen, there was a time I wouldn't even meditate at three because I thought the same thing. Like, oh, it's just when bad things come out. But it's not. It's just the quietest time. Mm -hmm. And it's stillness. And so it's a good time for them to come and work on you and to speak to you because you're finally quiet. Right. Anyway. Interesting. I'm not afraid to meditate at three in the morning anymore (laughs) so I promise you it's not just anyway but that's what these kids were doing so they're trying to call basically anything and then as soon as they think it's the dead hour or what they were they were legit calling in negative energy and so they knew it was 3 a.m and their eyes was evil's chance to come through so they're like setting things up, getting the candles lit. They went in the bathroom. They did the Bloody Mary instructions. I guess at one point you could see like an apparition in the mirror. Ooh. I didn't see it because I was on a bad TV, but they pointed it out. Yeah, freaky, right? Right. Because yeah. now spirits like, okay, now you're getting what you want. So here we are. 
And so just about as it gets to be about 4 a.m. And they're like, okay, hey, let's wrap it up. Let's get going. Well, like I said, negative energy wants attention too. So right when this energy starts to see that they're giving up and they're going to leave, it's like, well, heck, we can't, we can't let that happen. So it starts making these knocking noises and they start to realize that spirit is communicating with them. And so they start asking it questions. Right. And it's answering them. And I think that was really cool, too. But they start (laughs) asking it questions like, are you a good spirit or a bad spirit? It straight up tells them, I'm a bad spirit. And they continue to talk to it. Uh, Okay. The only time they finally got scared, like I'm yelling at the TV going, you need to go get out. Like it wants your attention. It's feeding off of your energy. What are you doing? Right. Finally, this one kid says, I just want to ask it. They kept saying that people do this to me all the time. I just have one more question. And then like two hours later, wait, I have one more question. Right. That's what they were doing to the spirit. I just have one more question. So he said, is there a heaven? And the spirit said, no. And so then the kid goes, that's it. We got to go. Everybody like hurries up, packs up their stuff and they run out. That, that was the, that was, that was more that was the kicker for. The- yeah. Not I'm a bad spirit. Right. Not I'm evil. There's no heaven. Yeah. All right. Bye. So later they like, they said, okay, well we didn't show you everything because uh, 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 it changed our lives, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, oh, you people are ridiculous. So they had a continuation. I guess they showed it like three months later. And it had, they had asked about sharing, can we share this? And it said no. And so they were debating if they should, sh- like, is something bad going to happen to them if they share it? And so they explained why that one thing was so scary for them and they ran out. And because in the Bible, it says that evil will try and convince you that there's no heaven. Right. So as soon as they heard it, try and say that there's no heaven, they took Uh, off. Okay. So that was like, oh my God, it really is dark. Right. (laughs) The whole time they're talking to it, I'm like. It basically told them. It told them. In the beginning. Yes. It's ridiculous. Not to mention. You're o- you're opening the door with dark with the Ouija board and the Bloody Mary thing. Right. So what do you think it's going to come out? I I was screaming at the TV the whole time. I bet but you that were. didn't stop I could just me. See <laughs> oh my god! I, Allie should have videoed me watching this stuff because I, I was I was freaking out. And I, but that didn't stop me. I had to watch like I legit watched hours of this stuff. Uh, I got to tell you more. There's okay. Another one. Hold on. Oh wait. I'm at oh, the edge of my seat. I said I'm at the edge of my seat no I've been dying to tell you this part so I watched another one where this guys uh go into like m114 it's another haunted room it's pretty pretty freaky I think it was m114 that they were in it may have been b340 but they had fallen asleep they set up their cameras I think it was b340 that they did this in and they set up their cameras and went to sleep they were like we're tired we're going to sleep nothing's happening whatever 
and you can totally see a robe in the closet gets moved, okay. like totally pushed over, which I will tell you, my sister did that when after she died to my brother-in-law, like Move moved stuff his stuff, yeah, in the closet and stuff. And then you see the Ouija board, the guy, one of the guys slept next to it. Oh. And the what? little, you know, the little teardrop piece? Right. The planchet. Yeah. They move it. Just move it. They don't do anything crazy with it. But they, you, it, I, I'm gonna find out which one it is and tell you so people can watch it because you can see it. It just they just push it over. Okay. I mean it's kind of like we're just letting you know that we're here. Then there was a lamp by the head guy um, that kept like they kept trying to knock it over and they couldn't push it over and then when the guy wakes up in the morning he's like good morning yeah nothing really ever happened the lamp is totally knocked over on his pillow he just didn't realize it wow yeah it was crazy oh and then (laughs) so i watched about six of these youtubers doing these videos every single one of them i'm pretty sure except for maybe one of them Every time they went into these haunted rooms, and they would go in groups, so there was like usually like three or four or more of them. Everybody farted. What? I'm not okay. <laughs> wow. I'm not the, if we have a theme that's running through this whole podcast today, it's, it's farts. farting. I'm not joking. I'm like, I can't wait to tell what spirit makes you fart that's weird i am not kidding every single time like this um one group stayed in a they had a suite and then they had um another room down at the bottom in the b section and as soon as they go in they're like god what is that smell it smells like death like everybody mentioned this really <laughs> gross smell and then shortly after they're like did you fart no 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 and then sure enough somebody farts Every oh time. And, and okay, it, you have to give me the link for this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to send you all of it because okay. it's insane. Everybody, I'm like, I, I mean, it was enough for me to make note and talk about it. Wow, because a flatulent I was, spirit. Yes, like I watched the first one. I'm like, oh, that's funny. I'm cracking up. And then the second time I'm like, wait, okay, he's maybe farting they, too. They all just had broccoli for dinner. before. They- <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's another thing. Every single one of them, they would go in and they'd explore a little bit and they were all really hungry really yeah so they'd all be like god i'm really hungry all of a sudden let's hey we're gonna go we're gonna explore then we're gonna take a break we're gonna go eat and then we're gonna come so back and have we'll the munchies you guys more. yeah <laughs> they were all getting high <laughs> farting and eating mcdonald's they were getting high on farts <laughs> Ew. okay crazy isn't it yeah so uh let me see I just want to make sure I covered everything because it was... Oh, so I'll tell you some of the stuff that happens and then I'm done. So some of the crazy stuff besides the... So in one room, this group of people goes in and they would go... Everybody was also... They were drawn to the closet. There was always one guy in a group that would kind of daze out and want to go and sit down on a on the couch and just kind of like I don't know I just want to sit here and see if I feel anything or whatever like and they were like what is wrong with you it was almost like spirit was like pulling them pulling that one sensitive person aside right and then there was people were drawn to I don't think it mattered what room they were drawn to a closet so they would go and 
get in the closet and close the doors. And in one, they would hear like tapping, like somebody's fingernail tapping. And so that would freak them out. They said common, and they showed this on the videos, that it's common for... Um, spirit to run the faucets which, faucets, which is common for spirit anyway. Run water. I think a lot of spirit does that. They I've flicker that lights, which we know. Okay. Oh, people hearing and like, people feeling overcome. So like, you know, like, have you ever come to my house and you felt like, I've had people say like, oh, my head is hurting or I feel like my chest feels heavy. But that's just because there's a lot of energy in my house and so some people are more sensitive to it than others it's not bad spirit it's just that there's a lot of it and your body isn't used it's like going into an airplane with a lot of cabin pressure right it bothers some people it doesn't bother others so these people are feeling that same energy and I think just some are more sensitive to it than others and then I think some like spirit is going through so a lot of them were getting the goosebumps and you know how I you right <laughs> whenever I'm around you I'm like constantly with goosebumps <laughs> yep and then uh okay so feeling sensations uh throughout their body oh oh and then they kept showing they would totally be all of everybody in one room and they, they capture this on video where all of a sudden, you know how hard it is to open a hotel room door? Yes. Their room door would just open. Really? Or the bathroom door, the closet door. But for a room door to open, that's that's hardcore. That takes some energy. Yeah. So that kind of stuff would I happen. I hate hotel to- room doors. you going to slide the card in, slide it out, pull it in. Oh put my it God, out. they're so complicated. <laughs> I am when they're they can we just work. go back to just like the key a and key. the lock I'm okay with a key can't, it can't go wrong and you don't have to go like oh my gosh now I have to take all my stuff downstairs and have right. them like give me one that works and then Absolutely. they come and tell you that you're stupid that it worked yeah they come up there and they just put it in there and they're like <laughs> oh, it worked and you're like okay I'm an idiot yeah that's happened but anyway yeah that's it so oh covers being removed turning faucets Not oh the knocking sound telling you you gotta just pull up queen mary on youtube and watch it it's freaky stuff i definitely will i'm a huge debunker and some of it you gotta it's not like even the del coronado you know like that one that i was like like the, the fans blowing the piece of paper oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. these are they got some pretty good evidence on a lot of these really mm-hmm. i was impressed for some of these kids although it made me go Oh my gosh, me and Alma, we need to get out on the road and do some of our own stuff. I'm serious. We Let's do this. Yeah. We're starting with San Carlos. San Carlos. Definitely. All right, guys. Stay tuned. Wait, let me say that again. Alma's falling asleep. <laughs> my story was so boring. I'm like hyped up now and she's like, this is what happens when I'm drinking wine and I'm sitting still. This was fun. It it's was always fun. fun. It is fun. Yay. I really enjoy these. Almost these gonna nights. go night night now. Well, after I say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> after oh to all, uh, I'm like oh thank you. I was just gonna say I don't think Albert's getting anything. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how much he's paying attention when I come in the room. Oh, I'm sorry, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> I told you mine was kind of long. It was long. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Was it long? No, we're still good. Yeah, we're we're even less than the last time. We were like two hours. The time before that was two hours. How much was this one? Um, one thirty-six. 
What? So far. Should we have a good night song? (laughs) No, I have a good morning song that I sing to the kiddo. What do you sing? Good morning to you. I sing that too. You live in the zoo with all of the monkeys. I like that way better. I just shorty too. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Anyways. Good night to you. (laughs) We live in a zoo. We live in a zoo. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us tonight. That's literally both of our stories. And that was my wine that just went on the floor. That's a good Usually a sure sign that we are done. (laughs) And we are done. That's a wrap, folks. All right. Thank you. This is Alma. This is Carlene. It's been Tipsy Tales and it's been a good night. Thank you guys. Good night. Good night. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Tipsy Tales. Music by Jesse Pesqueda, artwork by Sergio Hernandez. And if you're listening on iTunes, please don't forget to rate and review. Thanks.